and fans, welcome to a very special and a very unexpected edition of the Global Revolution. That's right, for one night or perhaps one morning only, we are bringing back our show from its uh, indefinitely hiatus status because uh, we were more or less asked to do so or proposed to do so by uh, someone that we are a very big fan of and we just couldn't resist the opportunity to come on and uh, have a chat with him. So we are glad to be back. And of course, I do say we because I could not, would not, should not do this by myself. I'm first going to introduce a lovely, wonderful person that I am happy to be partnering up again with. His name is Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello, everybody. Your ears do not deceive you. That is Ms. Fan there. That is Jeff right here. This is another brand new edition of the Global Revolution. It feels good to say that. It's been, what, about a year since we've done this show? Since we last went on hiatus due to, uh, for the most part, my job and commitments and life kind of taking this away from me. It's been a long time, but we're here and we're back. And as Ms. Fan said, for a very special reason, uh, we've been doing this show for several years, and for the most part, it's just kind of within our circle of, of dedicated LOP fans and listeners who would tune in and listen to us, hear what we have to say about the world of independent professional wrestling, and it, it was a good time, but Ms. Fan has a, a tendency to kind of tag the people that you know we may be talking about, especially in a positive light, and one of those people... Uh, tended to listen to our show and seemed to even enjoy it a little bit. And after after our hiatus, after a long time, it turned out they seemed to even be missing our show from the airwaves. When they approached uh, Ms. Fan, told him this, uh, decided it was time to do it one more time. This person is someone, as Ms. Fan said, we are a big fan of, huge fans even. This person is... I think one of the uh, most talented, uh, newer individuals on the independent professional wrestling scene. There's someone that is very near and dear to our hearts. We are talking, of course, of the one and only Razor Wing. Razor, say hello to the people. Greetings, it is I, Razor Wing, the flyest wrestler of the new millennium. No, I'm not that anymore. I'm the indestructible Lucha Wonderbird. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. Hell yeah. I love, love Oh yeah, no doubt. Should I do the voice? I'm going to drop a voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is I, Razor Wing. That's right. Good. Well, great. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for reaching out and helping make this happen. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Uh, as Jeff said, uh, we are big fans of you. I remember um, probably 2017, this uh, shiny little bird robot person caught my eye in uh, a, a company known as Chikara. And uh, I remember very well some match between yourself and uh, a wrestler named Murlock, who our listeners will probably remember very well because we also praised him a lot, where it looked like you two guys uh, were just going for broke in the ring and uh, landing on heads and fighting out into the street and doing all sorts of um, unexpectedly awesome things. So uh, I got to say that that really put both of you guys on my radar. And from then on for the past three years, uh, I have been a really big fan. I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, that, that was a, <laughs> that was a hell of a match. 
um, I remember going into that, it was just like, okay, it's it's going to be uh, it's this really small guy against this really huge monster, and uh, how are we going to um, really uh, sell that? And uh, I was I was into really into the idea of getting super physical um, in that match, and uh, I, I think I think it came uh, I think it came out pretty well. Yeah, it came out fantastically, in my opinion. Uh, very, very indeed. Good stuff there. Mm-hmm. As do as do a lot of I think uh, razor wing matches. Um, just very talented wrestlers. So uh, wouldn't mu- <laughs> Hey, look, <laughs> on a we, good day. <laughs> look, we. I tend to think me and Ms. Fan are pretty uh, good eyes for uh, for uh, talented people, talented wrestlers. So if we like somebody, it's typically not just uh, us blowing smoke. Up their ass or anything. So <laughs> I appreciate. You know what? <laughs> if we if we give you the uh, seal of approval, it, it's definitely earned. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, um, yeah, I gotta I gotta praise you as well for um, your your commitment to the wrestling fans. I've been at uh, at least a couple of shows that you've been on. I don't think anybody was out there more interacting with the fans, um, doing the shtick, doing um, kind of these fun fan interactions you can only get at independent wrestling shows um we've seen now in independent wrestling a lot of uh, gimmicks are kind of catching on and blowing up and uh, i know you're not working now due to covid which is very smart um but uh i don't know i think i'm hopeful certainly that when you come back you're going to blow up even more than you were before uh, oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna damn sure try um this is this year's been um kind of hard in that I was really planning on doing a lot of things. Um, there were a lot of plans with um, Dropkick Depression. There were plans to be at uh, Demand Lucha, a whole bunch. Um, of course, there was a whole bunch of stuff that was supposed to happen with Chikara. Um, yeah, uh, things kind of went off the rails. But, um, yeah, once once things get back to some semblance of normalcy and uh, some semblance of actual safety yeah i'm I'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna go hard it's gonna be good um yeah (laughs) i'm very much looking forward to that absolutely all right so uh we're just gonna kind of take this very loosely um i had some questions i have just some uh like how you know tell us about this or you know tell us about this person or some such uh please feel free to share as much or as little as you prefer. I'm sure Jeff has got a lot of stuff as well. So Jeff, why don't you kick us off here with this um, this this interview, this conversation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. All That's right. Cute. Well, um, man, it's uh, 2020, as you said, has been a very uh, been a very difficult, as you said, off the rails sort of year. And you were talking about some of the things you were looking forward to doing. Um, just, just kind of, how are you dealing with 2020? I know you, you said you're not wrestling. Now you've got your your family around. How is uh, 2020 overall? Just, just kind of, how are you dealing with the, the, the state of the the chaotic kind of horrible state of the world at the moment and keeping your head above water? Oh, it's bad. It's terrible. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. No, um, so hmm, the year started off pretty pretty bad um there were um the alleg- and i there were the allegations um against 
several folks uh, in Chikara. Um, they kind of just like boom, boom, boom at the beginning of the year, like a um, uh, whole bunch of folks that, that I had looked up to, um, had great interactions with, um, all turned out to be uh, real awful, awful creeps. Um, and so that was bad. Um, and then uh, things just progressively got got worse. Uh, I was I was out at the time. Um, I was recovering from a concussion that I had uh, incurred in September of last year. Um, and I had done I had done a, a little bit of wrestling since then, um, which is is ill advised um, as as you're recovering from an injury like that. But I was uh, trying to be as safe as possible um, while still meeting these commitments that I made. Um, so I was dealing with that. I was dealing with, um, the beginning of the year and how everything just kind of started off. Uh, and I was like really looking forward to, uh, action arcade getting, getting into full swing. I was looking into, uh, looking forward to the, the dropkick depressions, um, rise up, uh, show where we were going to do um, the the big uh, tournament for the Dropkick Depression Championship, the uh, the inaugural tournament for that. Um, I was going to be facing um, Logan Black, and that was going to be really really awesome. Um, that didn't pan out because of COVID. I had, I had been watching uh, the whole coronavirus thing since December. Um, I spent a lot of time on the internet, uh, too much time on the internet, and. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Oh man, this this is not a this is not a good thing that's uh, coming out right now." Um, and I watched it with with intense uh, interest, I guess. And uh, by February, it was like, "Okay, well, this is this is definitely going to be a thing." Um, and I had uh, I'd gone back to work. I'd gone back to my uh, day job, and uh, my day job, I, I work with the the general public. Um, and I was wearing a mask. <laughs> I was wearing a mask in February um, before, like, it, it became, like, common practice for folks to do so. Uh, and I got some strange looks, but I wasn't trying to take any chances with this disease. Like, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't have the greatest immune system. Um, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm immunocompromised, um, but I get sick a lot. Uh, like I'm always coming down with something. Um, and so I was super, super concerned about that. Um, my, my wife and my, uh, my kid, um, both are asthmatic and I was really not trying to expose them to any of this stuff. Um, and so I, I took as, as many precautions as I felt was necessary. Um, heck, I remember even, uh, back before, we were we were getting ready to tape uh, some matches for Action Arcade, and I had gotten to the factory. Eh, I want to say like an hour and a half early, and I decided I'm going to go to the grocery store and stock up on some like non-perishables just in case. And this is like end of February this happened, mm-hmm. um, but no, it was it was it's been it's been weird, and the summer got weird. Um, my wife was uh, one of the folks who wound up getting furloughed uh, from their job, and uh, is still is still. And um, yeah, we live in in Pennsylvania, so uh, goodness, uh, she didn't even get unemployment uh, until like this month, like 
literally has been just without pay since June. Um, and that's been that's been really difficult. Like we were <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking to myself, OK, all right, we've got we've got X amount. like, OK, uh, to pull back the curtain, like I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not actually a, a 20 year old bird. Yeah. So um, I, I've got savings and we've you know, we've been fortunate enough uh, and smart enough with with our money to to where like we we would have been good until like November December ish, uh, but then it would have started getting a little bit dicey. Um, so we were we were a little bit fortunate there, but thankfully um, things have have gone not back to normal, but um, th- things have gotten a little bit more comfortable for us. Um, with all of that and the uh, the. Black Lives Matter, the the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and and all of that. It's just, I've been I've been angry. Like this year has just made me really pissed off. I, um, I can definitely sympathize with that. Cause, yeah, Jesus, I've, I've I've found it increasingly difficult to worry about fake fighting and, um, like promoting things and all of it. I just, yeah, it's, it's been kind of difficult to, uh, interact with people and not be, uh, a, a Debbie Downer just cause like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just the way I'm wired, but like, I, I feel it really deeply like this deep sadness and dread for everything that's happening and everything that could potentially happen. Um, don't mean to start off the show on a low note. I'm, I'm, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but Hey, you know, that's, that's how 2020 has been for me. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been weird. Uh, my last, um, my last match was March to 13th, 14th, something like that. Um, I was wrestling at star pro in, where were we? Sellersville. Uh, where Excellence Pro Wrestling uh, used to run at the uh, Forest Lodge in Sellersville. And I remember thinking, I kind of don't want to do this show. Like, I, I wanted to pull out of the show uh, just be- due to safety. Uh, it was going to be me, Wheeler Yuta, and Danger Hawk against um, Jordan Oliver, uh, oh goodness, Ellis Taylor. And I, the other guy's name escapes me. The the young, dumb, and broke guys. Uh, uh, Charlie the CZW Tiger, guys. I'm going to guess. Charlie <laughs> Tiger. I, he was definitely there. I don't think he was wrestling. I think he was managing. Um, but um, but no, it was it was it wound up being a really fun match. Um, Green Ant uh, subbed in. Uh, Danger Hawk out of an abundance of caution. Like he's he's got his own uh, apprehensions about COVID. Like it, it, it's cool. Um, having a, a, a partner like that that you're on the same page with because um, there were a lot of things like uh, we were asked to like if we could do promos and stuff for like Action Arcade and all that um, and we were just like nah we're, we're not very comfortable like getting together and, and doing this like we'd, we'd rather <laughs> keep, keep, keep it separate um, but yeah last match was in March uh, that was fun. Green Ant subbed in. It was it was a it was a really really fun show. Uh, but 
yeah, I've been itching to get back in, but I, I've got to exercise restraint, you know. It's uh, like a, a lot of my friends have been going to training and doing shows, and you know, I, I imagine they're being as safe as possible. I, I hope they're being as safe as possible, but um, yeah, it's just it's not a risk that I'm willing to take uh, at this point. I think that's more than reasonable. I'll say as a wrestling fan, I appreciate that there are folks out there, uh, you know, kind of creating some entertainment, some good feelings in this very difficult time. But uh, I certainly would not blame any wrestler who said, hey, I'm just not going to wrestle during this thing. I think uh, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, and I'll just say uh, to me, it doesn't sound like you're a Debbie Downer. It sounds like you're a Debbie reasonable person who's aware of all the problems that are going on right now. So, uh <laughs> So, yeah, I, I am sorry to hear about the tough times as far as 2020 goes. I think we all probably have some story that's a little bit like that, if not uh, even more challenging. Um, so my good thoughts go out to you and certainly to everybody out there who's struggling with any part of this, which is probably just about everybody. Uh, 2020 has been honestly just abysmal. And every day, <laughs> as you said, with there's just always this sense of, the sense of dread, the sense of fear, the sense that the next news story is going to be the worst one, and it just never, it never stops. And it, it got that way even when it came to professional wrestling, which I know so many people view as an escape, as a way to get out. But you can't escape the real world entirely, and there's just, God, there's just, there's so much crap. There just mm -hmm. is, and it's infuriating it's upsetting but for me at least there's at least the silver lining that there are so many people especially um like for my vantage point i saw just a lot of people between coming out for black lives matter coming out for speaking out you know bonding together being there for the for each other as wrestling uh, individuals for the fans for anybody who's been affected by any part of this, like it, it, it makes my heart genuinely flutter with joy when you see people like yourself, uh, Max the Impaler, um, uh, Lucas Calhoun, the former Lucas Calhoun, mm -hmm. uh, just just constantly be able to come out here and you know talk about these things, take these stands, and and at the very least, that has been like I said, a, a silver lining to know that. Despite all the crap, despite all the, the terrible people, terrible events, there are still people out there who care, who try, who are doing their best. And I don't want to necessarily put these people on some sort of pedestal because that's exactly how we got into a lot of these messes <laughs> in the first place. But to, just to be able to see that has been a has been a very positive silver silver lining, you know, just good thing that the world still has in it. Oh yeah, no doubt. You've got you've got a lot of outspoken people like like you said, Lucas Calhoun, Max the Impaler. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it's nice to be able to try and use your platform to spread uh, spread a message of equality, spread a message of uh, intolerance for intolerance. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's weird. Like I I've always I've um no pun intended wrestled with the idea of is it is it worth it to yell into the void 
like that to your maybe mm-hmm. couple hundred, maybe couple thousand followers, um, people who would follow you because they're they're likely on the same page as you anyway. Like, so are you just are you just pissing into the wind, or is it is it worthwhile? Um, and that's why at the beginning of the year, like I was uh, not at the beginning of the year, at the be uh, the beginning of the protests. Um, seeing my friends get tear gassed and seeing my friends get beaten with batons, um, and seeing my friends get thrown in jail for peacefully protesting, like literally, like mm-hmm. peacefully protesting and getting the shit beat out of them, uh, by these awful cops. Um, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's at least raise some money um so you know doing doing donations doing uh charity things where like you're you're raising money for uh like the philly bail fund or the various state bail funds or um any of the the black lives matter uh organizations and charities like that's that sort of stuff is is pretty effective um but yeah i i definitely question the value of of just kind of screaming into the into the void um but uh, as as questionable as i think it is sometimes i uh, i can't help but do it and and i've you know i've done it as as much as anyone um but it is it's it's good to have those voices out there um just simply because you you don't especially in pro wrestling where everyone is super uh, worried about protecting their spot and not stepping on uh, the toes of someone who might be able to give them an opportunity. Uh, it's it's rare to see folks who will just speak their mind. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know how much uh, I I really have to say about that. That's useful, and and um, I might be just kind of rambling, but uh, no, it's it's. It's good. I I think it's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's early. <laughs> it's totally I've, been, fine. I've been I've been up all night doom scrolling and shit posting. So oh no. Oh god, those nights. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> doom scrolling is the worst. Uh, I'll just say for myself, I do find it useful to have people put their opinions out there who feel strongly, whoever they are, whether it's you or anybody. Uh, I think this is the only way that we can um, keep ideas moving around and hopefully have conversations and not just kind of yell on one side. But uh, I don't know. Everyone's got to figure out their own best way in a time like this. So um, I'm going to pull us away from 2020 because nothing good can come of that. Um, (laughs) We've seen that for sure. I feel that. Uh, I want to go back a few years. Um, as I said, I first saw you, I think, in 2017, maybe 2016. That's about when you debuted, to my knowledge. But uh, I want to talk about what are your influences, what got you into wrestling, what were your early days like? Yeah, well, um, you might have seen me in 2016. Um, there was a uh, character by the name of Benny the Beal. <clears throat> Excuse me, Benny the oh, Beal. Okay. Who... Uh, debuted alongside Clothesline Carl, and uh, they were going up against the, uh, the Generator, Race Jackson and Hype Rockwell, at the Hour of Power on October 2nd, 2016. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was like my official debut. Um, 
And then, well, my real debut anyway, my official debut was at National Pro Wrestling Day in 2017. Um, my public debut anyway, where it was myself against the Cajun Crawdad, Cornelius Crummels, and Everett Connors in a four-way eliminator for the Young Lions Cup, um, the first round of the Young Lions Cup tournament. Um, so that was a good one. Uh, my, like, quote debut was against Fire Ant in season 17, um, and that was, uh, that was a good singles match. Um, the, the match that was recorded before that was uh, myself and Silverhawk against the Closers. Um, so that was uh, – if you, if you go back and look at Season 17, uh, my first match as Razorhawk was uh, myself and Silverhawk against the Closers. That was, a, that was an interesting one. They're, they're good dudes, the Closers. They're, they're big. They're fun. They're just uh, – yeah, they're a good time, but they'll they'll beat the hell out of you. Um, but to to get to get to your question, to stop reminiscing, uh, no, I I got into wrestling at a young age. Um, I my earliest memory or my earliest what I think is a memory and might just be um, uh, my imagination, but I, I remember watching Saturday morning like WWF with my dad. Um, and this was, I want to say like 86, maybe something like that. Um, 86, 87. And, uh, I was, I was a big fan of Hogan. I was a big fan of Macho Man at the time. Um, and I think I remember we, uh, we went to a couple of shows. Um, that was, it was probably like the late eighties. So I want to say like 89, uh, maybe 90, something like that. Um, was really into like the new generation when that started happening. Um, was a big fan of Bret Hart back in the day. Um, the one, two, three kid as well. I was also. So a big fan of Diesel. I don't. I don't know what. Like I've. I've always been like a small kid, and so like I. I don't. Uh, I guess. I guess I was just like, oh man, I would love to be a big dude and just like be able to not get beat up at the playground all the time. Uh, so I think that's what drew me to to Big Daddy Cool. Um, but I got out. I got out of wrestling. Um, I want to say this was uh, coming out of middle school. So. 95, 96, somewhere around there, uh, it just became like the not cool thing among my circle of friends. Mm. And so I stopped watching for a good little bit. Um, and then about, I want to say 98 ish, uh, 98, 99, uh, my friends in high school were like talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H and I'm like kind of listening in kind of not like I was I was really into Magic the Gathering then so I was just like worried about organizing my binder full of cards and uh so I'm sitting there doing this and I, I'm over here in this conversation I'm like wait stunning Steve Austin is in WWF what why why is Hunter Hearst Helmsley suddenly popular <laughs> And they're talking about mankind and all this stuff, and I'm like, "What? What is going on here?" So I, I look into it, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is is actually pretty rad." I loved loved the Attitude Era. Um, yeah, looking back on it, a lot of the stuff didn't age very well, and uh, yeah, it was it was the late '90s. It was it was a sign of the times. Um, but I was like super super into it. Um, I graduated high school in 2000. 
and shortly thereafter, a friend of mine was like, hey, I know these guys that do backyard wrestling. Do you want to go do some backyard wrestling? And I said to him, oh, boy, do I? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we head down to this place that was in uh, like the, the outskirts of Baltimore City and uh, – just a, a big wooden framed ring in this dude's backyard. And uh, they they asked us, hey, do you want to be a part of this battle royal? And so my first backyard wrestling match was uh, in in a battle, battle royal wherein I got chopped in the throat. Uh, like no experience. Like I just I just went in there and was like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll maybe like throw some throw some shitty punches, throw some shitty kicks and, uh, you know, then I'll get tossed over the top rope and we fine, whatever. So no, this, this, I go in there, I get chopped in the throat. I get like tagged a couple of times. And then this huge dude who called himself suicide lifts me over his head. This guy was like six foot five, uh, like two ninety three lifts me over his head and just dumps me unceremoniously onto the dirt on the uh, on the outside there. Thankfully, I was like young and, and full of uh, springiness in my in my extremities. So like I didn't I didn't get hurt, at least. But uh, that could have been that could have ended badly. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did backyard wrestling for like three or four years. Uh, and then I went and uh became a an adult and yeah not not to i'm not trying to shit on anyone who does backyard wrestling like that's that's not it but like uh no i i got like really focused on my jobby job and just being a being a dude who had life stuff um so then uh i moved from baltimore to uh philly uh back in i want to say 2012 and uh yeah, I was I was looking into Chikara as a potential thing to do. I was like, oh man, maybe I'll I'll do this. Um, but at the time, it was it was like 2013. I was looking into this, and uh, at the time, their training schedule didn't match up with my work schedule. But uh, yeah, it was about 2015 or so when uh, I decided to look into it again. And yeah, their their training schedule matched up with what I was doing. Like things had kind of worked out. So I asked my wife. I said, "Hey, they've got this intro to pro wrestling workshop. Uh, if I go there and it's like not a total dumpster fire, can I do this? Like I'm not getting any younger. I'd like to see if I can do this." And uh, she she's always been great about me pursuing my hobbies and and all of that stuff. Like she has her own career that she works on. She lets me do my stupid man child stuff. And, uh, so she was like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's go for it. So I go to this intro to pro wrestling workshop. I meet, uh, Molly McCoy. I meet Amasis. I meet fire ant. I meet, uh, quack. Um, and then, uh, I think, I think that might've been it as far as, yeah, I think that was it as far as like names go. Um, and, so I, I do the thing, and, and we did like some some calisthenics. We did some rolls, uh, got in the ring a little bit, did some body weight exercises, um, like shared body weight exercises, that sort of stuff. Um, and it was just it was fun. Uh, I think we did some wrist locks as well. I, I remember wrist locks being a, a part of it. Um, 
but it was cool. I, I shot uh, I shot Quack an email, just being like, "Hey, thanks for you know this. It was it was a really cool experience. I'm keen to do it." Um, I remember him saying athletically, "I was the standout of the bunch." So hum, humble brag there, I guess. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so I, I my first day of training was January seventh of 2016. Um, that was oh my goodness, who was who was in that? I think it was. Uh, Dustin class. I'm, I seem to recall that being a, a Dustin class, and um, it was just it was fun. I I I had an absolute blast during training. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't super easy or anything. Like I've I've always been kind of athletic. I did gymnastics when I was younger. Um, not like full on. Like I I didn't do gymnastics as part of a team or anything like that. But uh, I like to do flips and you know, jump off of things, so uh, that 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 helped with some of the lucha that we were learning. <laughs> I remember one of the so so uh, the the classes at Chikara were uh, beginner, intermediate, and advanced, right? And so we're in the beginner class, and I remember one beginner class, Dustin. He always would go off and just like. Uh, and, and this is, I, I don't know if this is the case, but I just imagine he got bored. Like, you know, you're sitting there just teaching like bumps to, to newbies and it's like, Hey, how much of that can you really do before you start to go crazy? Especially when you, when you compete at Dustin's level. Um, but so I remember one, he's like, all right, we're going to do Frankensteiners. And this was like beginner class, so we all learned Frankensteiners, and then it was like fucking power slams, and that was cool. Uh, yeah, man, training training was just training was great. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take that back for anything. Um, yeah, it was good. So that's 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 how I got into wrestling. Sorry, I ramble. <laughs> no, it's great. It's very uh, interesting to me. Um... What? Uh, who would you say are the top trainers that you worked with while, while you were coming up? Uh, damn, they were they were all good, um, and I know that's that's a cop out answer. Um, <laughs> I I want to say Fire Ant, Chuck Taylor, and Hal Wicked. Uh, and, Probably my favorites. Uh, Mike was good. Icarus was good. Ophidian was good. Um, yeah, like I, n- yeah, I, none, of, none of them were really like bad. Um, mm-hmm. The the little the little interaction I got with Drew, he was always super helpful. Um, uh, like very very uh, good at breaking movements down. Uh, not not just saying like this is this is how you do it, but like this is why you do it this way. Um, there was a lot of really helpful instruction there because it's, it's it's one of those things. Like yeah, you can be taught wrestling moves, but to be taught them um, safely or like uh, as as safely as possible. Um, and like learning how to, yeah, keep yourself safe, keep your opponent safe, like that sort of thing. It's it's hard. Like I don't I don't envy those guys at all uh, in in that role. Um, I I don't know that I would be able to do it. Um, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say that the the top one would definitely be Hallow Wicked. Hallow Wicked's just it's it is it is an absolute crime that he hasn't been signed yet to any major promotion. Mm-hmm. Like out of everyone on the independent scene, like Hallow Wicked is just yeah, but he's, he's so good. <laughs> He's ridiculously good. Uh, I love how you never hear one solitary bad word about Hollow Wicked. Like, everyone just loves the guy. I love the guy. Jeff, I know you love the guy. He's just an amazing talent. I was going to say, I think that uh, sentiment's been shared at least for, like, the past ten years or so of, like, how is Hollow Wicked not doing something monumentous getting signed somewhere, so... That that definitely tracks that man. Somebody give him a contract. Somebody give him some big money. Let him do some cool things. I know he's doing some. Uh, I don't know if it's like a show or what he was doing. But he was doing some Nas Muldoon produced thing recently on I think IWTV. I don't know. I mean, it seemed video cool. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So yeah, go ahead, outside Jeff. training. Um, I know. Uh, I have seen you get very close. You know, obviously with. Uh, uh, your tag team partner, former Danger Hawk, uh, guys like Calix and Boomer Hatfield. When did you meet uh, a lot of these people and start forming these sort of bonds that have uh, uh, sort of become, I think, what you've become known for in in, in wrestling circles like you and all these, this big crew that uh, seems to have formed out of a lot of the young Chikara stars? Yeah, um, goodness, I, I think I met Calix. I, I think it was my first day of uh, training. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> my first day training, and uh, no, I just went in there and I was like super excited to to be there, and uh, I was just this little ball full of energy, and I was doing like the Brock Lesnar little like jumps that that he does like at his entrance, just like getting warmed up and stuff, and Calix shoots me a look and is just like kind of shaking his head, just like what, what is this guy? Um, I, I think a lot of the folks uh, didn't know what to make of me uh, when I first showed up because it was it was just like every day I was just like holy crap I'm here and I'm doing because like I, I've like my my day job is like it's just a day job like I don't I don't I don't have like a career I'm just like I'm just I'm I'm working so that like I can have fun and like you know just have have fun things to do. Um, and so like I was, I was losing a lot of that, uh, missing a lot of that fulfillment in life. And it was like wrestling gave me that it was like, Oh, okay, cool. This is something I'm interested in, something that I'm like reasonably good at. Um, and so, yeah, every day I was just like super excited to be there. And, uh, so I met, I met Calix, uh, yeah. First day of training. Uh, he was always a, a real, fun person to be around uh a real weird dude um as 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 i'm sure you're aware um and uh i met oh god when did i meet boomer i think boomer boomer came next boomer was um i want to say middle of middle of 2016 something like that uh but he was he was in the later classes he he showed up later um danger hawk showed up later danger hawk uh showed up when i had like already debuted i believe and um Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a very 
like we didn't hit it off immediately just because it wasn't like oh i've been training with you for like the past nine months or so or whatever like with silverhawk it was we were all training together for like the longest time and all this stuff and um we started doing like this big tag team uh training session where, where it was like every week we came in we were all in tag teams we were all doing like just tag stuff and at first, like Silverhawk and I, we were like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of cool." Like, "Oh, we're we're partnering together, whatever," not knowing that this was like laying the groundwork for things that would that would come. Um, and I uh, I remember one time we were getting in there, and uh, it was it was our turn to like go in and just wrestle around. I think we were getting ready to wrestle Crumbles into Farge, and uh, Mike yells to us, "He's like, all right, Cyberhawks, get in there." And we're like, whoa, is that our name? Cool. Right. So it's like so, so goofy and so stupid. Uh, I, I, I loved it though. But, um, yeah, when I met Danger Hawk, it was, it was around the time that, uh, he was getting ready to debut in the Infinite Gauntlet. Uh, like I had met him, I, I want to say like a couple months before. Um, but, you know, once, uh, once you, kind of get into a groove of like folks that you'll uh wind up wrestling relatively often folks that you'll wind up going to like a um a show here or a show there or it's like hey i've got a free weekend like do you want to try to go out here and maybe get in some reps let's let's see what we can do let's mix it up um you, you start to like develop kind of a a crew um and it's it's yeah it's not uncommon that's any any workplace any uh anything like that like you've got your you've got your click um but yeah it's just it, it kind of formed like we all kind of share the, a similar mindset as far as wrestling goes uh, i want to say like we're we're very much into the art of professional wrestling um and and less so into like quote the business or um mm-hmm. you know tr- tradition right like the the whole reason like we were drawn to chikara is because chikara was fun like i wanted to get in there and i wanted to uh do the freezing bird pose i wanted to <laughs> get in there and get head scissored out the door and just like do a bunch of stupid wacky zany stuff like that's what i wanted to do um yeah, sadly, like I didn't get to do a whole heck of a lot of that, just simply because it uh, the the stories started to trend toward like a very serious tone. Everything was like very dark, and just the circumstances that I was put in, like there wasn't uh, really a whole lot of room for for comedy uh, and slapstick. Um, but you know, hey, that's it is what it is. Um, it's yeah and and we got to do a lot of of uh fun stuff like at the baseball stadium shows um we got to do a lot of fun stuff on the road elsewhere um yeah just being being just stupid like i love stupid wrestling (laughs) if if we can if we can do like a, a dance break in the middle of a match if we could do like a silly um bowling ball spot or something just ridiculous like let's let's do that um 
but I'm also into like real shows of athleticism, like real serious stuff. Like, um, yeah, it's it, there's got to be variety, but uh, but that's that's why I think drew all of us to Chikara was just that lighthearted silliness, um, and yeah. because we were all kind of of the same same mindset, we just uh, yeah, man. We hit it off. It was it was good. I love my friends. Hell yeah, that's great. I got it. You brought it up, so I got to ask, what was up with that freezing bird pose? Because I remember myself and some others we were like, "What's going on here? Like, are they? Is it because it's the year two thousand and like they're stuck loading, or what? 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 what what's the idea behind that?" <laughs> yeah, I think if uh, if memory serves, we. Uh, we started it off like our computers froze, so that was <laughs> yes, that was basically was it. Right. <laughs> and then it, we it, we just fell out of the habit of of doing it, um, and it, it just it never like once we once we fell out of the habit of doing it, and we were just like, all right, go 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 go, lucha spot, high spot, big move, oh my goodness, huge dive, blah blah blah, right. It, there was just never a uh, a point in time where it felt appropriate to bring it back, mm-hmm. um, especially because we had all these things that we were doing. Like uh, there was there was a point in time where uh, Silverhawk was out for a little while um, mm-hmm. after dropping the the cup to Hermit Crab, so I was doing a singles thing uh, and didn't really do the bird pose then, and then. Silverhawk came back, and then he got destroyed by Oceania and Murloc, and then it was so like me and Nighthawk and I never did the bird pose. Me and Dangerhawk never did. It was it was always just like uh, me and Silverhawk thing. Silverhawk, yeah, yeah, me and Silverhawk thing. Uh, so yeah, once once it once it went away, it was like okay, well that's that's retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was memorable at least. I always remembered it. I'm glad now that I uh, finally know um, kind of the reason for it. So. Um, oh, I did actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry to sorry to interrupt. Sure. Um, I did do it once as a singles competitor, and it was in my match against Fire Ant, where I did the bird pose on the uh, the turnbuckle. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, what a, what a weird thing! <laughs> uh, but Chikara's built on weird things, as you said. Mm-hmm. So you know it fits in well, I think. Um, speaking of weird things that kind of went away after a while, where did the idea come from that you would be like from the year two thousand? I remember you used to uh, in the early days like tweet like stuff from the early two thousands and stuff like that. So is there any story behind that? So. <clears throat> My whole um, thought around this was so. <clears throat> sorry, let me uh, get comfy You're here. Good. You're good. Uh, I, I was I was trying to write this whole story, and it was based around this idea. Um, let me clear my throat real quick. Got to hit that mute switch, baby. Um, <laughs> it was it was one time uh, we were. Just trying to figure out these these uh, characters, and it was like, okay, so you're Silverhawk, I'm Razorhawk, he's Nighthawk, we're Cyberhawks 2000, 
are we what, what's what's the deal here all right so we're we're from the year 2000 is that what's going on and so we we just kind of like spitballed different ideas and it was like okay we're from cyberspace cool right where's that oh it's a galaxy oh okay where's this galaxy oh it's it's far away it's 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 past andromeda right so that's how it was like oh from cyberspace by way of andromeda cyberhawks 2000 have arrived blah 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 right uh and we were galactic defenders like we we took a lot from silverhawks and battle of the planets um that sort of stuff um and we thought it would be cool if there was a time travel element to it um and so i had uh written this whole narrative of we were contacted um by uh Earth, like Earth sent out a distress signal, like the spirit of Earth sends out this distress signal saying, oh, there's a great evil. Come, please help us. And so Cyberhawks 2000, being galactic defenders, travel through space and time in order to to do this. Uh, it was it was kind of an accidental time travel thing where uh, basically they they set these coordinates and I'm I'm not an astrophysicist so I don't know how any of this works this is just like in my mind it's movie magic right so they get this distress signal they zip ahead uh, to this galaxy but in doing so something gets screwed up and they zip ahead like 16 years. Um, un- unbeknownst to them, and something to do with the fabric of space-time, uh, anything that's within their headquarters is all still in the year 2000. So they're experiencing – like they're getting radio transmissions and stuff that are all from the year 2000. So when they go on the internet or when they turn on TV, it's all the year 2000 for them still. Um and so that that kind of just became a thing uh, of running gag. It was like, okay, well, this is this is going to be an interesting part of these characters. Um, as time went on, it, it became more and more difficult to maintain that. Um, and and Dangerhawk and I were like really struggling, and then that might have that might have been you know our fault. Like we could have probably come up with more creative um, solutions to that. Um, but and that's that's why once uh, the uh, the whole thing back in June with with Chikara closing its doors there happened. We were like, okay, let's break away from this like now, like we're we're done with that. Uh-huh. Um, but it was it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Like it was, I, I had a lot of uh, a lot of enjoyment coming up with those little skits and little bits and stuff like that. So yeah, it was good. No, it's great. I love weird pieces of lore like that, and certainly Chikara is a time travel rich promotion, or it was anyway. So, uh, no, I was always into it. I was just curious about it. So, thank you for uh, laying that out yeah, for me. Indulging us. Uh, so, how Indeed. how much of that uh, creative process sort of went down in Chikara? Were there ever any other things that maybe were suggested to you guys, or anything that you guys worked on with other? people like what is that process like especially in a company that tended to lean so so out of you know bizarrely um sort of in these different directions compared to a lot of other promotions what was that creative process if you were involved in that 
what was that sort of like in Chikara? I was I wasn't involved in creative in general. Um, I was I was certainly involved in my own creative and the creative of of Cyberhawks 2000. Um, but I, I was also like somewhat involved in the creative of like some of my friends. Like basically, we would um, excuse me, mute switch baby. Um, we would be given a character. Uh, and told like, okay, well, this is this is you. Um, you have a, a pose. You have um, kind of a, a a way of of carrying yourself, right? Mm. Um, and then it was like basically just go wild. Um, so uh, I I did a lot of work on Razorhawk's personality. It was, he, he was basically just me when I was his age. So, uh, when I was 17, uh, which is how old Razorhawk was, uh, in, in his debut in, uh, when was it? 2017, whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I was, uh, imagining that, um, don't tell the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission that a 17 year old bird was, uh, wrestling, by the way. Because you gotta be, you gotta be eighteen, state of PA. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so no, that it was, it was basically like, okay, um, who is this character? Uh, what is their personality like? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? Um, and so, Razorhawk was just like this overcaffeinated, hyperactive uh, man child who was into video games and anime, and had like an overdeveloped sense of fairness. Um, and so. That was that was like that was what I did. Uh, other folks would um, do do a, a similar sort of thing. Like um, I remember trying to workshop uh, the hand gesture for for Danger Hawk. I was like just spitballing, throwing ideas. Like oh maybe you would do this, maybe you would do that. Um, finally settled on his signature, like hands out in front, cuckoo thing, right? Uh, <laughs> But um, as far as like <clears throat> the uh, creative process for like storylines and stuff like that, that wasn't I wasn't involved in any of that. Uh, that that was all the Mike show. Um, and uh, there there may have been other folks that were more involved in that sort of stuff, but I I just was like, let me focus on wrestling, telling telling the story that I have uh, in the ring telling the story that I have through promos. Um, yeah, that was, that was my bag. I never really got into the whole, like, Oh, I want to pitch this idea or anything like that. Like some, some folks may very well have, um, I think, I think there was a point in time where, uh, it was, it, it was pitched that, um, maybe Calix and I would have a thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember where I heard that, but it was it was pitched, and I don't know if anything was uh, going to come of it or anything like that. But I, I would have really enjoyed that. Um, Calix and I could put on some some bangers. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say from the the size difference alone, I think you guys would have done some really creative stuff. I mean, Calix seems like a guy that you could just like climb on like a building. You know, something, something can happen there. <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I got to say, um, 
you fooled me with your gimmick because I definitely have always been thinking you were at least like 10, 15 years younger than uh, than I believe you actually are. I think, did you say you were 38 on Twitter recently? Uh, I'm going to be 38 on the 26th of this month. My God, I, I really would have believed easily that you were some young 20s, even a teenager, just um, not even from your promos, but just from the way you wrestle. You, you talked about in the past having springiness of extremities well but you still got it or at least you did you know a year or two ago um i hope you still do so uh bravo to you on your performance because i i really was taken in by that yeah i i appreciate that like i'm i'm certainly trying uh the quarantine has been difficult on uh my physical fitness but i've been i've been trying to maintain i got a little bit of a gut i mean i've always had like a little bit of a, a little bit of a pot belly, but um, it, it's it's getting pretty bad, and I need to I need to get back in some semblance of shape. Been doing a lot of cardio, been doing a lot of bike riding, and trying to stay fit. But you know, it's it's hard. It's hard, man. Like I, I don't hard, yeah. I don't feel my age, which is good. Um, but it's that could that could change at any moment. Like just. Physiology is weird. Yeah, <laughs> it, is. it super is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was just gonna say, like, I, I feel like I've got at least uh, a couple more years to to do this. Like, I'll, I'm gonna do it as long as my body uh, keeps going. I'm gonna try and be a, a little bit more smart about what I do and how I do it. Um, try and limit the number of injuries that I get, because I've had. So many injuries, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just – I'm very physical, um, and I also am not <laughs> – I'm not one to shy away from being like, oh, yeah, I have an injury. Like a lot of guys um, – uh, a lot of folks will just not bring it up. Like they'll get like a, a fractured something or other or like a dislocated whatever, and they'll just work through it and not like – say anything so like you you've got a bunch of folks that are out there just like working hurt and it's yeah. it's so silly um i don't know i i just i kind of like it i i wear my injuries like a badge of honor um yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think you have the healthier mindset of all things considered uh, we've seen too many people in the wrestling business try to work hurt and end up hurting themselves worse they have long-lasting consequences so um we appreciate anybody uh pushing the culture more towards uh hey i'm actually hurt i shouldn't be doing this thing yeah cool all right yeah go ahead jeff i was gonna say you uh mostly specialized uh in tag team wrestling i know you had a couple of singles runs which were very good but tag team wrestling seemed to be your 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 foray and there were a lot of good tag teams in Jakara. You had, obviously, the uh, various colony trios. We talked about the Closers, Crumbles and the Farge, Hermit Cab and Caden Crawdad, uh, Boys of the Proteus Wheel. Uh, my uh, buddy Josh Wells and Xavier Faraday finally came up as the uh, the, the Forge and all the various uh, Crucible people. Who are some of the uh, tag teams and, and various people who you really enjoyed getting there, getting in the ring with the guys who were like most exciting for you to get in in there with. Crumbles and Defarge. Period. That's that's like they they were, uh, they always brought out the best in us, um, regardless of whether or not it was uh, me and Silverhawk or me and Dangerhawk. Um, 
just getting in there. Uh, Defarge is an incredible athlete, and um, just how how strong he is. Uh, um, we 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 did some really really great things. Like uh, I just I remember uh, so, so many times um, doing really really risky moves like the tope con hilo head scissor um to the floor uh and mm-hmm. and it was it was all due to defarge's athleticism i i take no credit for that if if any credit should be given to me for that it's uh i was stupid enough to do it um <laughs> but uh defarge being an incredible athlete and just being really intense uh he he got so so intense uh and Crummel's too, like they're they're both just, and Crummel's just has this natural ability. I think I remember him saying, because uh, I was like, "What do you what do you do to work out?" And he was like, "I don't." And to <laughs> me, that just, <laughs> I, I was I was floored because, yeah, they're they're both just such incredible talents, um, and they they always brought out the best in us. Um, who else? Who else? Um, I, I would I would say the closers uh, were a lot of fun, just simply because of the big size difference there. Like both of them are, are huge, huge men, and um, yeah, it was it was always that that whole David and Goliath um, sort of uh, story with with us. Um, so they were a lot of fun. Um, I, I didn't really. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think in terms of uh, tag teams that we wrestled. Um, Fist was Fist was fun. We it, it was difficult with Fist because it was uh, a lot a lot less. Um, I want to say mental like re- like it, it didn't scratch the same sort of itch that a Crummel's and Defarge match would scratch. Do you know what I mean? Like a Crummel's and Defarge match would scratch that lucha itch. Like we go in, we do a bunch of arm drags, we do a bunch of head scissors. Like stuff gets crazy, stuff gets real fast. Um, but with Fist, it was a lot of like ground and pound, like beat you up. Um, so it was a whole lot of uh, <laughs> getting getting that crowd sympathy. Um, but that was that was fun too. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, there, there were a lot of fun tag teams in Jakarta, but we didn't get to to mix up a whole lot with with them. Uh, Crab and Crawdad were, were fun. Um, Crawdad especially, just because he does just insane things. Um, Hermit Crab, I, I take take nothing away from from Hermit Crab either. Like uh, we. <laughs> We went to war on several occasions, not just in Jakara, but uh, also uh, Pro Wrestling Explosion. We uh, we had some we had some battles, and uh, yeah, no doubt. It, when, whenever whenever you get in there with with wacky opponents like that, um, sparks tend to fly. And uh, yeah, with with Hermit Crab and Crawdad, it was always it was always kind of like that. <laughs> I very well remember a show in Chicago where uh, I can't remember which hockey you were with, but y'all did a um, double superplex spot kind of out of the corner. Um, and uh, that 
I was afraid for a moment that I was going to go the other way and land on me because I was right there in the front row. But uh, mm-hmm. it's an incredibly good spot, so I'm uh, very, very impressed by that match. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun match. That was uh, myself and Silverhawk at that one. That was uh, a, a good man goes to war in Chicago. And um, I remember that when we wound up having to pay for four chairs that Silverhawk broke when uh, <laughs> when he did his whisper in the wind to the outside onto Cajun Crawdad. <laughs> that was that was oh. a fun time. They were they were not happy with that. Oh, that's too bad. I love Logan Square. Oh, uh, those chairs definitely take a beating every time I go there. So you know yeah. it happens. I wanted to jump off that balcony so bad, but they were like, "No, you will not do this," and you will sign a paper that says you will not do this. Oh, too oh, bad. No. DJ Z got to do it uh, and some I, other shows. I think he, yeah, I think he did that against their wishes. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, That's no. how it is sometimes, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my. I was going to say, that's the only one I ever remember seeing do that, so you're probably right about that. Um, do you have a, a favorite match from your career, something in particular that you feel proud of? You know, I'm, I'm really proud of my match against Dasher. Um, that, mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. that was a really um, fun match. To be a part of, I, I felt like uh, I put on a really strong performance. I felt like I wasn't um, sucking wind as I normally do in these. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really proud of uh, my match. Uh, it was it was an Atomico's match. It was uh, myself, uh, Fire Ant, Solo Darling, and the Hurricane against. Uh, Ellie Hotel Ice Cream, um, Rory, uh, Cajun Crawdad, and Calix. And I'm really proud of, of how that went down. Um, I said uh, a couple nights ago on Twitter or something like that, I, one of my fondest memories from that was um, after the match, Hurricane shakes my hand and says, you're pretty good, kid. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because like, wow. I flipping love the hurricane. Like... <laughs> God, like uh, this was this was um around the time where I was also like I was uh kind of not uh, um I, I really wasn't feeling wrestling at the time, and I was like I, I I had some like things that I was just like unhappy with or restless about, um and suddenly I got put into this match, uh. I'm like, what? Why am I getting put into this mat? Like, I'm, I, so I have, um, I suffer from what uh, is called like imposter syndrome, right? And this yeah. is a lot of a lot of folks that I know like have this same sort of uh, feeling where, like, I, I don't think I'm good. Like, and this is not me like trying to get sympathy or anything like that. I, I've like, I go in and like. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, eventually someone's going to figure that out. Uh, but like, so I'm sitting here and I'm like down on myself and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how to put on like a good match. Like, uh, my, my stuff is sloppy, like all this. And then suddenly I'm in a, a main event match with the hurricane. 
And uh, I remember meeting him in the back, and we're all just like kind of, kind of introducing ourselves. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm solo. I'm fire ant, and he gets to me, and then like a like a flipping idiot, I go, "Greetings, I'm Razorhawk." And he goes, <laughs> he goes, settle down, kid. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, no joke. And uh, I'm like. I just, you know, um, I I can't help but be but be me, um, but uh, you know that was it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, got to get in there and mix it up with Calix. Uh, tried to try to give him a big head scissor off the top rope. Got caught and uh, got hit with a big old Batista bomb for my trouble. So you know, mm. but that was that was a favorite match of mine. Um, I had one with Ultimo Dragon. For Keystone Championship Wrestling, what? it was it was me. Um, who was it? Uh, me, Latin Dragon, and Ultimo Dragon against Magad Ali, Frightmare, and Deshaun Pratt. And uh, that was a that was a fun match. I've got that up on uh, on my YouTube channel, as a matter of fact. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go go take a look. It's it's pretty wild. And I'm still waiting. For Sonny Ono to send me that selfie that he took of us at the end of the the match, um, oh, yeah, that was that was a crazy one. That was it was so strange too because we had gone to this Ultimo Dragon seminar and uh, we're we're sitting there we're learning. It's like it's story time with Uncle Ultimo, and uh, he's just talking about interesting stories uh, from like his time um, wrestling in Japan, his time in WWF. And all of that. Um, no one dared bring up the whole like slipping on the cape thing. It was like, no, don't don't bring that up. <laughs> Why would um, you even? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I remember at the end of this, they had us uh, uh, dr- draw numbers out of a hat to see who would be in the main event with Ultimo Dragon, and it was uh, myself and Magad Ali that wound up drawing these numbers. Um, it was it was so weird. It was like, okay, this is how you can decide who's going to be in this main event. All right, all right, that's fine. Um, that was a lot. I've got I've got a, a couple of good matches that are just I don't know things things that I really enjoyed. Um, but I mean, any of these matches, I could still like I could pick them apart and be like, oh, I could have done this differently. I could have done that better. Um, that looked like crap. Uh, what what are you doing there? Why are you why are you making that? Uh, <laughs> I say, why are you making that face? Just because I know, like, I'm making a stupid face. <clears throat> the one thing um, you oh. shouldn't have to worry about. Oh man. Okay. Um, here's here's a match that I'm actually like proud of 150 percent. Um, that like went off without a hitch. And that's um myself, Dangerhawk, and Nighthawk against Jack Bonza, Adam Hoffman, and Mick Moretti mm-hmm. at King of Trios. That trios match against them was a flipping banger and uh yeah just everything everything was good i i i just everything we were firing on all cylinders um our our tag team moves were crisp uh i think nighthawk and i were trying that um back body drop into the head scissors move we i want to say we started practicing that maybe like the week before that show just to see if we could even do it um 
and I think we got it right once, maybe twice. Uh, I know we were like, ah, you know what? Let's just do it. <laughs> so, so that was a that was a thing. But yeah, that was a that was a real fun match. I got punched uh, punched in the nose, legit, uh, right toward the end of that match, and just started bleeding all over the place. Um, Bonza tagged me with a like stiff, uh, just right jab, um, and right before he set me up to be draped on the ropes. Um, so you notice, like, I get draped on the ropes, and I'm not even holding on to my stomach. Like those those ropes are not comfortable. Like you don't really have to sell when you get draped on the ropes because it's like, oh. God, that flipping hurts because it's it's steel cable, like it's elevator cable, you know. Um, anyway, so that happens, and I'm just sitting there grabbing my face, being like, "Oh no, my nose is broken." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's fun. I I flipping love wrestling. Oh God. Well, I'd say you have a lot of matches to be proud of, in my opinion, and uh, I, I understand very well the imposter syndrome thing, but just an outsider perspective, um, you do a lot of great work, and uh, we love to watch you. So. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> Hopefully you get to watch me sometime in the not-so-distant future. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? We can all hope, for mm-hmm. sure. Seriously. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's it's been good. It's been real good. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope it gets better. Like, yeah, don't yeah, we all? Just, I, 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 I'm just aching for that time when, like, you... you I, I don't know that I'm going to necessarily, like, go around and shake people's hand like I used to, but just to be in proximity to people and not worry, um, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be really good. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for us to drop handshaking entirely because it's never that sanitary to begin with. But you know, so. oh no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> oh my gosh! You see folks, you see folks come out of the bathroom and like their oh. hands are super dry, and you, you're like, those paper towels didn't get your hands that dry. Come on, <laughs> come There's on. Those aren't that effective. You can't fool me. Yeah, <laughs> the oh, worst. Man. Jeff, what do you mm-hmm. got? Ah, well, um, first off, Miss McMoretti, want to see more of him, just as, as he's brought up. Absolutely. So, so good. Love that man to death. Um, but yeah, 2020 has been, has been a challenging time, but I know you're itching to get back in and, uh, man, just a lot of that crew has been, has been doing a whole bunch of stuff. I know, uh, my buddy, formerly Wells, now Wavera, even on the collective, Molly McCoy's to be at Effie's a big gay bash, big gay brunch. Um, what are some of the things you're hoping to to get back to? Some of the things you're maybe uh, I don't know necessarily if you're trying to plan anything as of yet. But what are some of the things you're hoping that once maybe the curtain rises and everything maybe gets back to a uh, moment, a semblance of normalcy? What are some of the things you're hoping to to try to do in wrestling if you can? Oh, certainly go back to training. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I literally have not stepped foot in a wrestling ring since early to mid March, whenever that last match was, um, at star pro. And I, I want to get back into training. Um, looking at the worldwide dojo, uh, cheeseburger school. I've been there once before and it was a really, really great experience. Um, a lot of my friends go there and train, um, 
the uh, the uh, Ethan Wilde is uh, is what he is is known as. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Calix, of course, goes there. Wheeler Yuta. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of. Uh, I think uh, Molly McCoy might also be going there. Uh, I'm not entirely certain of of whether or not. They're training a whole bunch, but, um, yeah, no, it's getting to training first and foremost, like getting back into ring shape. I I don't like, I I posted this on Twitter the other day and I was like, oh yeah, these wings don't suffer ring rust and all this. And I'm like, was that, was that a bit much? (laughs) I, 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 I'm like sitting there tooting my own horn and like, I kind of feel that way though. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to experience a whole hell of a lot of ring rust. Um, Right. It's just a matter of like getting reacclimated to taking bumps and hitting the ropes, because um, like the first the first couple times you run the ropes, like your back is all bruised up, like it's nasty, mm. um, and eventually your back just gets used to it. Um, you stop you stop bruising, um, so that taking bumps, uh, yeah, that, that's first and foremost. Um, I think. Once I'm comfortable enough to get back to training, that's when I'll start actively like seeking out bookings. Um, I know I was I was talking to uh, <clears throat> the folks who run uh, Let's Hang Out. We were uh, we were talking about maybe doing some things. Um, Camp Leapfrog is uh, another thing that uh, I want to try and do. Um, Pro Wrestling John is another thing that I want to do. Uh, Josh Josh Waver's thing. Um, yeah, wanna wanna do some of that. Um, maybe try and get up to New England. Um, yeah, there there's a, a bunch of uh, places up there. Like, um, not limitless. What's the other? Let's let's wrestle. Um, I've been there uh, once before. Um, the, those folks are really really great. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, oh, demand lucha, of course. Um, if the uh, Canadian border is open. Danger Hawk and I, uh, uh, Mach 10, Mach 10 and I have been uh, talking about this a whole heck of a lot. Um, We've got like a a good list of places we'd we'd like to go to, but um, it's all dependent on how things shake out, Um, and that's why I've I've been like really reluctant to do anything more than just simply talk to these places and just be like, Hey, maybe someday in the future, like this could happen. And they're like, Oh yeah, like maybe, maybe we can do that. That's, it sucks. Uh, to not have things on your calendar. Like I, I look on my calendar and, um, I see events that had been on my schedule just come and go. And I'm just like, Oh, there's one that was on that list. There's one that was on that. Like, let me, uh, pull up my log here if I even can. Um, stupid computer. I've got I've got this whole entire spreadsheet on this thing. Um, that is like every match that I've ever had. Um, who my opponent was, whether or not I won, how much I got paid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a it's a it's a really nice spreadsheet. Um, actually, <laughs> I got and I got the idea from uh from Rock Lobster. Rock Lobster gave me that idea. Oh, Rock Lobster, man. Um, feel free to pass on this, but uh, what's your best payday in wrestling? Oh, my best payday? That was 
I, I think that was a show in Canada that I did for Pro Wrestling Eclipse. Um, I got I got paid like a good amount and transportation, which oh, okay. is kind of rare. <laughs> um, like a lot of places. That's the that's the flipping thing about uh, wrestling, especially these days. Is like you've you've you're always going to have someone who is more talented than you, and you're always going to have someone who is in better shape than you, and you're always going to have someone who is uh, willing to work for less money. And, and you, you're going to have either one of those three or a combination of them, and that makes it very, very difficult to um, sell yourself. Um, so it's, it's it's just one of those things. Like if you can, if you have an audience that makes you valuable, that makes it way easier. But still, oftentimes, like you go you go to these places and you agree on a rate, and maybe you say, oh, you know, the, hey, yeah, uh, what about uh, transportation? They're like, oh, well, we'll see, we'll see what the house is. And it's like, I hate doing business like that. I wish I wish wrestling weren't such a a crappy business. Like mm-hmm. I'm out there and I'm risking my life for you. Like, come on, man. Like you're you're getting you're getting paid. Like there are folks in this building. Yeah, it's not cheap to run a wrestling show, but like if you can't afford to pay your talent like a decent rate, like I, I said this and I'll say it again. If you can't afford to pay your talent a uh and a reasonable rate, you don't deserve to run. Period. Unless you're unless you're a charity, like like dropkick depression charity organization, I've never asked for a dime from them, mm-hmm. and I happily do it every single time because that money that those fans pay goes to the charity. Um, that's I mean that's that's just how it is. Like, and we've done things like National Pro Wrestling Day where we've benefited the Unidos Foundation or the Superkick Foundation. These mm-hmm. these sorts of places. Like, I love charity work. Love doing charity work. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not doing charity work, pin me, pay me. Like, come on, <laughs> like, come on. Let's let's. This is this is, you know, I'm not out here. Not out here for. I mean, I'm 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 out here for fun. But at the same time, like. I'm spending my gas money. I'm putting wear and tear on my car. Like, anyway, um, what were we talking about? What were we on about? Uh, uh, you were talking about the shows that you uh, were not able to do because of the uh-huh. oh, yeah. things you were looking yeah, forward yeah. to and the matches and all that. That's right. I was going to count uh, how many how many shows I missed out on because of COVID. So I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So sixteen on my calendar that uh, that I had missed out on, um, and that was just like back in March. Um, I'd stopped taking bookings, obviously. Um, some of those, obviously, uh, wrestling is fun's uh, slice of pie, where it was supposed to be Danger Hawk and I against Los Ice Creams. Mm-hmm. Then there was Lucha Palooza that was happening in Canada. I was going to be in a match with Billy Brash, Trish Adora, Chance Riser, and Captain Ando. Um, goodness, I, uh, I was going to 
probably be at the various Chikara shows that wound up getting canceled. Of course, it was Dropkicks Rise Up. There was Pro Wrestling John's You're Invited. Um, man, there was obviously going to be like several Dropkick Depression shows. There was some stuff for Star Pro I was thinking about doing. Um, man, yeah. Yeah, 2020 was gonna be was gonna be really cool, but um, hey, you know, it's just a big Chinese hoax, right, guys? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Not, not, not real at all. Everyone is wearing masks for no reason. Just, 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 just over the top stuff. Just, mm-hmm. just completely ridiculous. No yeah. doubt. No <sighs> doubt. <sighs> well, you know. Indeed. <sighs> so yeah, 2020. Uh, we talked about it's been tough. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. One thing I wanted to ask, this is a very personal note for me, and it was something that I had been kind of following on Twitter while the, the cogs and the pieces were coming into place. Um, I, I, I follow the internet uh, personality slash celebrity slash video game reviewer, um, Jim Sterling, who I know <laughs> who, was, who was in the midst of trying to – he's doing his own wrestling thing. He was in the midst of – Trying to get into Chikara, and I remember you seeing you and him interact a few times on Twitter. For me, that was always one of like the coolest like cross sections of my fandom, like coming together in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, I know, unfortunately, that ended up not panning out for a variety of reasons. But but that was just kind of cool to see. How did that like? Did, did how much? Were you actually involved in that? Because, like I said, I saw you interacting a few times with him, a few uh, back and forths between you and 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 Sterling, um, which is always cool to me. How did that sort of like come about? Yes, yeah, so Jim Sterling. All right, uh, this was this was cool. Uh, I have I've always been a fan of Jimquisition. Um, mm-hmm. Are we are we able to are we able to cuss? Can I cuss? Can I like, yes? Like you feel free. Right, okay. His his whole fuck Konami thing. Oh man! Like so I feel good. that. I feel that in my bones. Mm. Like seriously, um, I've always been a big fan of the Silent Hill series and what Konami wound up doing Thank to Silent you. Hill. Oh my god! And and what they did to Silent Hills and Hideo Kojima. Just the whole oh, the whole don't, thing. Don't remind I just, me. I hate them so much. Hate them so much. Um. So like I've I've always liked um. Sterling's way of doing the Jimquisition, um, just uh, it's it's like a weird um, character that he portrays, and I, I I don't want to say necessarily character like oh he's putting on a bit like he may very well be or that might just be like his actual personality, um, but the Stirdust character that he uh, was playing when he was um, wrestling for. Oh goodness! What was the name of that company? I oh. cannot remember it. But I was actually—I um, can't remember who fired the first shot here. But one of us uh, said something on Twitter to the other, and it just kind of started to snowball. And we were, were thinking about uh, maybe I would—I would drive down and we would do a thing. Uh, at the time, he was. Paired up with a guy named Ursa Major, uh, no relation to Ursa Minor in the night sky, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was going to be a thing. Uh, the Sturdust character was uh, really interesting to me, and it, it paired nicely with the whole Cyberhawks um, aesthetic. Um, so I thought, 
we we do some. I don't know if you've ever actually seen like Jim Sterling in real life. That man is huge. Like, mm-hmm. hey, he's a big he's a, he's a big boy, but he is tall. Like, he's insanely big. Um, to the point where like if if he had gotten in at Chikara, like I I have no doubt like. He would have had some great matches with me, great matches with Boomer, great matches with Mach Ten, um, like just all us, all us little dudes that could just be thrown around. Oh man, it would have been awesome. Uh, I think there was a point in time he moved. Um, so I can't remember when this was, but uh, he had uh, moved up from the south and was um, out west. I, I want to say. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh or something like that. And he was doing stuff out there. Um, and we just like chatting back and forth, like, Hey, do you, do you want to maybe try and do something? And we, we'd, we'd like spoken about things and nothing had ever really, um, come of it. Like I had always expressed, I was like, you know, I'm a really big fan of yours. And he's like, Oh man, I'm a really big fan of yours. It's like, ah, that's it's so cool. Like I'm, I'm just sitting right. here. I'm popping. I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. Um, and then he moved to Philly at some point, and I saw him at – I want to say it it might have been the Young Lions Cup. It was one of these one of these real recent things. Um, I think he'd actually shown up uh, at a, a training um, night one night just to like uh, – I think chat about coming in or whatever. And yeah, I don't know whatever whatever came of that. Um but I, I would have really enjoyed it, uh, just because I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Um, he's uh, a, a great guy, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, we don't like know each other personally or anything like that. But the interactions that I've had with him, the discussions I've had with him, like uh, he's he's been a delight. Um, yeah, like I'm just, I don't know. I'm so keen to do something with him, and I'm hoping that we can make that happen once all of this goes away. Because uh, that's like that's on my. And I, I not I don't want to call it a bucket list, but you know how got like folks will do the whole Apple Notes thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, I want to wrist blah blah blah." Like Jim Sterling's definitely on it. Right. Oh, that, that's that's really cool. Like like I said, just just a cross section of my own personal fandom was cool, and that's I, I feel like it's become way more um, prevalent to see. Even just like some some cool people like mention wrestling, and he was one of the first that you know like on the internet as like the indies were sort of kicking back up was actually talking about it. So that was cool, and then to see him actually get into wrestling and then see him interacting with some Chikara guys was just it was fucking sick. It was really yeah. cool. So I'm definitely hoping to uh to see more of him and definitely see him interact with you. I know he did. Uh, uh, announcing for Envy Young's uh, recent show. Yeah, um, I saw that. So that, that was, was great. Cool. Yes. So definitely hoping he sticks around, does more things in wrestling, and that ho- he hopefully gets to cross paths with you uh, at some point in the future. Oh, he better. We'll we'll mix it up. I'll I'll take him <laughs> take him out, man. Be good. <laughs> I love it. I love to hear it. <clears throat> All right, so we're pretty close to wrapping up here. I think uh, maybe just one or two more questions. Um, sure, let's do it. 
I want to bring this up, and this is, again, something I want you to feel very comfortable passing on. I won't be offended or anything, but uh, certainly one of the big things in 2020 to me personally, in addition to all the stuff that's big for everyone in the world, um, is, of course, Chikara shutting down. Um, It's something that I think was very shocking to a lot of people. Uh, When you look at the reasons for it, I think we all understand, but... um, I just I want to ask if you have any thoughts you feel comfortable sharing about that happening, about that situation, any anything you'd like to speak on as far as that goes. Mm. Nothing I'd like to speak on, but something I will speak on, um, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so it sucks. Like um, the the whole the whole thing sucks. Um, it was. I guess a <clears throat> I don't I don't know that I would I don't know if a, a reckoning is the right word for it but it seems like there had just been a uh a, a, an amount of uh misbehaviors transgressions uh just bad things that had kind of just built up over the years um, to a point where – and it's it, it's difficult to speak on just simply because I, I wasn't there for a lot of this. Like right. Chikar has been a company since 2002, and myself and a lot of people who are – um, kind of uh, uh, associated with Chikara nowadays mm-hmm. came into it like within the past four five years, right. um, and so it was it was very difficult for us being kind of caught up in this because um, a lot of our you know a lot of our uh, wrestling stock was built in Chikara like that's. That's what we were known as. We were always known as the, quote, Chikara kids. And you can take that term and throw it into a flipping volcano. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> so, real quick, let me digress. Uh, don't call us Chikara kids. Just stop. Like, I don't I don't know if you guys have been doing it. And if so, like, that's fine. Whatever. Um, like, I'm not I'm not like yelling at you or anything. But like, mm-hmm. just moving forward, like we we want to forget about it. Um, we want to forget about being labeled as such because like, yeah, sure. We're car kids and haha, We come from that campy company that does all the ice cream stuff and whatever. But like we're wrestlers and we're fucking well-trained. Uh, like we, mm-hmm. we know our shit. So like, you know, don't just say that like whatever. Anyway, uh, no. So like, Okay. All this happened like during the speaking out movement. The speaking out movement like was a complete necessity, and it needs to continue. Like yeah. these these fucking creeps need to be sussed out, and they need to be called out, and they need to be held accountable. Um, this absolutely needs to happen. Um, and with with all of the fervor and all of the the um, stuff that was going on at that time like it was it was at a fever pitch um and so it was it was the perfect time <clears throat> excuse me 
I didn't hit the mute button that time. I'm sorry. Um, it was the perfect time for this sort of thing to happen to Chikara if it was going to happen. Um, there was, uh, if if I can if I can speak honestly and like, like there there are a lot of uh, valid criticisms and uh, very very real issues. Um, that happen in there, like uh, things with uh, things with inappropriate uh, pictures of minors, um, things with uh, inappropriate uh, contact with fans, things with um, inappropriate behavior, uh, like behind. I, I, I'm like I'm trying to be vague about it because I don't want to like drop names because I don't want to have these people's names on my flipping podcast that I'm doing because I'm just so disgusted Mm -hmm. by them. Uh, I said one of them earlier and I hate it. Uh, It's it it pisses me off because you know it's it's we didn't know we didn't know like I I didn't know Calix didn't know like Mm -hmm. and and so you would get you would get fans online that would be like well how could you not know like you're around these people all the time it's like I don't I don't go to dinner with these people like they're they're my trainers like like yeah I I I hung out with uh a few of them like like we might have gone out and gotten like a beer or like whatever um but it's not like I'm not texting these people being like, well, how's your day going? Like, that's not, that's not the relationship we have. And certainly when we go out, we're not talking about like what, what, uh, sexual conquest we had. Like (laughs) I've, I've got a wife who I've been married to since 2014. Um, and before that I had another wife that I was married to and I had been with her for like eight years. Like I'm a serial monogamist, like that sort of like sleeping around. That's not not my bag. Um, and from like the interactions that I've had with everyone that I've come up with, like guys like from Hermit Crab and Crawdad and Travis Huckabee and Defarge and Crummles and Boomer and Molly and Josh and uh, Danger and like I, I'm, I'm obviously forgetting people like Calix Frantic like we aren't of that sort of shitty traditional wrestling road mentality of like oh man I'm gonna be a pro wrestler and I'm gonna get some chicks like that's it's so it's so fucking old school. It's so ancient. It's so stupid. Um, and that's just like, not what we're about. Like we're, we're out. Like we want to go play grab ass in our underwear with our friends. Like that's what we want to do. Like (laughs) that's all we want to do. Uh, that's like, as far as I'm aware, like all we've ever wanted to do. And, um, so when, when this happened, it was like all of these, uh, evils or um, bad acting, like cause some of it wasn't evil. Like some of it was like an an old ass dude being an old ass dude uh, who 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 was notorious for having a shitty attitude. Um, 
it, it, those those uh, chickens came to roost. Basically, is is what happened. And uh, you know, regardless of how much you were willing to see your wrongs and and change for the better, um, there had to be, I guess, some sort of comeuppance. I I don't necessarily know that the death of Chikara was the appropriate outcome mm-hmm. of that. I I don't necessarily know that it had to go that far. Um, I'm I'm literally not trying to defend anyone here. Like, oh sure, sure. Please, if if I'm not making it clear, like, please be. Understand that I'm not trying to defend anyone's anyone's past actions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people people need to be held accountable, and that's that's just all there is to it. Um, but uh, to to I guess move the conversation forward and to not keep saying the same thing over and over again, uh, it just it sucked. It was just like, all right, this is this is when this is happening, and so this is what is going to happen. Uh, and once I remember, uh, just reading everything that was happening and just, uh, I was like, yeah. Holy shit. Like, okay, this is, <clears throat> this is not good. Um, to put it lightly, like, uh, cool. Like some things that like some things you didn't know about, maybe some things like you would, like heard rumblings about, and I'm not talking like the really gross stuff. I'm talking oh, about sure. like people being an asshole to other people, like that sort of thing. Like that's just like that's that's like high school shit. Like oh, this person was mean to me. Like fuck, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and there were some things in that that were just blatantly false. Um, they're not my story to tell, so I'm not going to say anything. Like, mm-hmm. if, if the people who were accused of things want to come out and defend themselves, that's whatever. Um, but that's not my place to do so, so I'm not going to. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just like, with, given everything that was happening at the time, um, it was, it was the perfect time to strike a death blow to Chikara. Like, Chikara had al- already been hurting. Like, There was the mass exodus of folks uh, in 2016 when a whole bunch of people got signed by the Fed. Uh Um, There was the shutdown um, that a lot of people took um, very poorly. And I'm talking about like like fans, quote unquote, like fans of of Chikara Um, because people think the shutdown happened for one reason or another and – People are going to have their opinions, and you're not going to be able to change their mind about things that they've already made up their mind on. Um, mm-hmm. If 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 uh, if the current political landscape has taught us anything, it's that if people have already made up their mind, like that's that's just how it's going to be. Oh, yeah. um, just to uh, just to interject very quickly, God, please. reading all the, the stories on what everybody thought was happening and seeing people uh, on message boards and Twitter just saying whatever it is they wanted about to shut down and god it was such a such a mess and right. i can't peek behind the curtain but that's one of those things that i don't really that i have no interest in like figuring out what the actual thing was just because hearing so many of these people just just online bring up everything under the sun they could to either 
uh, invent a reason it happened or tell you it was this and tell you it was that and tell you it was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Was, God, that time was was pretty miserable as a fan. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I, I was um, – I can't say I was ever like a fan of Chikara. Like I knew about Chikara um, when I was backyarding uh, my friend – Marty, who uh, does a uh, site called Blastorama um, and also does Super Art Fight, <clears throat> if you're uh, familiar with that. Um, it's kind of like battle-style battle, battle Pictionary. It's it's flipping cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I used to backyard with him, and, and he was always a fan of, uh, of the, the big indie scene going on. And um, he had told me about Chikara. He had told me about like – Hella Wicked and Quack and and all this and uh, it's, I was I was like I knew about it and like I watched some stuff um, but I wasn't like what what I would consider a fan so um, right. I I don't know how it was for for people when the the shutdown happened but you know it's just like knowing knowing what I know about how the shutdown came to be and like. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna like tell other people's stories for them. Like if they want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. how the planning was and all that stuff, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's sad. Like I I just I feel I feel sadness and I feel anger. Uh, not as much as I did, but like just we 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 had a. a, a fun thing that a lot of people really enjoyed and the folks who really believed in it put a lot of effort into making it a fun place for fans to come like it always felt like a party and to have that um stripped away by some really awful individuals um in such a short span of time um yeah it's it's it stings but um yeah, we, we try to try to move on as best we can, you know, like uh, folks like Calix, Still Life, Josh, Molly, Boomer, you know, they're they're out there. They're getting after it. They're doing their thing. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for them. Um, I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say there was some envy there. Um, I really wish that I uh, could be out there doing it um, and that, that I like had the level of comfort to do that um but hey you know i've, I've been talking to mock 10 about it and uh been talking to green ant about it and uh yeah it'll it'll come it'll come um yeah i've got to try and get new gear got to try and get this razor wing outfit together so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that Gotcha. Well, thanks very much for sharing about that. It's definitely something that's been on my mind a lot. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from, where you never want to be defending anything. You know, the stuff we've heard about, the stuff that, um, you know, was just so concerning and so despicable in some cases. Um, and yet at the same time, I, I know what you're saying is that there was a lot of good in Chikara as well. And um, you think about like... Did it have to shut down? Maybe it did. You know, who's to say? Um, it's something that happened. It's something we all have to deal with. And uh, I think, I mean, for, for those of us, I think all three of us would apply that wrestling means a lot. Um, 
you know, you, you can grieve for something like Chikara shutting down for whatever the reason is. So it, it's a lot to process. So thank you for sharing on it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so hey, if, if, if anything, at least, you know, silver lining, the death of Chikara brought us raw underground. So <laughs> what? The, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to get sucked into that. I'm just going to push that. <laughs> we'll aside. save We'll save that. We'll save that for the next one time only. What do you Holy think? Yes. Smokes, yes. <laughs> OK. Oh, oh my man. gosh. All right. Well, I don't want to end on a down note, so I'll just say last question. Is there some really <laughs> fun I know, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh is there some really fun um experience you've had in wrestling besides a match that you wanna maybe quickly share uh with us here? Yes, as a matter of fact. So um fun story. Uh so uh I used to do um stints out at Bizarro Lucha out in Indianapolis. And I remember there was an occasion where we were in the uh, the locker room, dressing room, backstage, whatever you choose to call it. Um, and I had my gear set up near the near the entrance. I have a, a little roller bag. I put all my stuff in nice and neat, blah, blah, blah. I've got all my little accoutrements and stuff. And in there I have a spray bottle full of uh, high-proof alcohol. Um, mm. I use that as a disinfectant. It's it's a cheap way of just keeping my gear fresh. That way, I don't get all the way back home to Philadelphia after a twelve hour drive from Indianapolis and have everything smelling funky, right? Sure. So after a match, I'll come back, I'll spray the gear down, and put it into a bag and call it a day. And so I'm backstage, uh, and I don't think I was getting ready to. No, 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 I wasn't. I was I was still. I was still doing whatever I was doing, and I look up, and I see Ace Perry sitting there with my spray bottle, spraying his hair down. Oh, no. Obviously thinking, <laughs> obviously thinking that he's got, like, water in a spray bottle, like – and I'm, like, I'm trying my best because there's, like, there's fans out there. The show's going on, and I didn't want to yell, Ace, no, what are you doing? So <laughs> – but I, I get his attention. He's like, oh, this is yours, my bad. I was like, yeah, it's it's like vodka. It's like Everclear or whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, I was wondering why it smelled like this. I'm sorry, man. That's my bad. I shouldn't have taken your stuff without that. Like it was just – it was really funny um, to, to have that happen just because I don't know. It was like, all right, you congratulations. You played yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was – it was it was good. Um that was fun. Um, there's there's a bunch of others, but that's that's the one that stuck out like immediately that came to mind. <laughs> that is great. And as you said, if we ever do this again, uh, you can share more of those stories. So thank you so much for giving uh, so much of your time of your morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything else you want to say or Jeff, you want to say before we wrap up here? I'm good. Uh, the only thing I want to say is, um, first off, it's been it's been good to be back. It's good to do this again. It's been been a blast. Very very fun times. Um, miss miss doing the show a lot. Uh, thank you to Razor for being the impetus to get us uh, back to doing even just a one off thing. If that's what this ends up staying as, who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, this is a good time to be back. Good 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 opportunity in 2020 to bring something uh, creative into the world. And, you know, j j just to do something to kind of mix up the monotony of what 
this year has ultimately become. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's good to be back. It's good to do this even once one more time. So yeah, good 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 shit. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. It's yeah. it's been it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Oh, you as well. Thank you very much for coming on. This was very fun. Uh, our guest has been Razorwing. Um, he was in Chikara. You can check out a lot of his stuff there on YouTube, but he's not a Chikara kid. Don't call him that. Um, he's been uh, in Beyond Wrestling, Dropkick Depression, lots of places. This is a guy who's wrestled Mako Satamura, uh, Chuck Taylor, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, um, Fire Ultimo Action, Dragon. Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, just like the list goes on of uh, the great experience this guy has had. Definitely somebody that you will want to get to know if you don't know already. So that has been all for the Global Revolution. I have no idea when or if we will come back again, but when we do, we will look forward to speaking with you again. <sighs> Jeff, how the heck did we used to end this show? It's been so long, I don't remember. You would say something <laughs> like, this has been the Global Revolution. I this has been a nice long... Oh my gosh, yes. This has been the Global <laughs> Revolution... Oh, my God. I don't remember it. Jeff, say goodbye. See ya.